I'm wrapping up the series today called Live Free. And I know God's been doing a work at our Midwest City location. And those of you joining us online around the world and right here in Oklahoma City, God's been changing lives. If you're new with us this week, we have been talking about Live Free. And we have said that you can look free and not be free. We've been talking about you can look free and not live free. And we've been talking about how there are areas, there are certain things that keep so many people in bondage. And we've been identifying things that keep people in bondage, but oftentimes they're not on our radar screen. They go undetected, and yet they keep us in bondage. And we talked about comparing and the comparing game week one. Last week, we talked about being, being discontented, not, not being dissatisfied. I can't get no satisfaction and how discontentment causes so many people to walk in bondage and not in the freedom that Christ has for them. And this week, I want to talk to you about confusion. Everybody shout confusion. Oh, yeah, confusion will keep you in bondage. It will keep you from experiencing the freedom that Christ has for you. And there are so many people who are confused. You, you talk to them. You work with some of them. Some of them are your family members. Your, your kids play on the same ball team with, with the, the parents and with the, with the student at school. You, you see people all the time, and they're confused about life. You, you look at what they're doing, and, and you think to yourselves, that's not going to work. Why are you doing that? They're confused. They're, they're confused about friendships, and, and they use all their friendships to to manipulate their friends and to use them up and to suck them dry. And then they wonder why friends leave them and don't want to be around them. And, and yet they continue to manipulate like it's going to work out. And they're confused about how relationships work. There, there are people that are confused about how jobs work and how career works. They, they go to work all the time with a bad attitude and, and mean and hateful and, and, and don't submit to leadership and talk crazy. And then they'll tell you, God's going to bless me with a promotion. <laughs> you're like, you're confused. You don't get how it works. You're confused about career. People are confused about, about marriage. They, they lie to their spouse. They tell their spouse half-truths, and then they want to say out the other side of their mouth, they say, well, well, well I, I, I'm lying, but, but you ought to trust me. Why don't you trust me? You're confused. You don't understand how relationships work. You don't understand how marriage works. People are confused about finances. And you look and say, why would you do that? I, I've been there. I've told you in, in the past that before my wife and I got married, we, we, we had a car. My wife had a car. And when we got married, we had debt on that car. And then once we got married, or right before we got married, I decided we needed to take a wonderful honeymoon. I'm 22. She's 20. Flat broke. And so I put our honeymoon on a credit card. Lord, we took us a cruise to the Bahamas. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I don't know what you're thinking. You were confused. I was. Got back from that cruise. We were in our apartment. I couldn't have my in-laws coming over to see us and my wife sitting on the floor. So I decided we're going to go buy some furniture. We didn't have no money. 
So I pulled out the plastic and Hank's fine furniture. And we got us some furniture. And then I remember about a year or so later, my wife and I, we decided to lease a house. And we were moving out of our apartment, and I was out of college already, traveling full-time, preaching the gospel and around, around the nation, and my wife was still in college. And so we moved to this, this house that we were going to lease, we were going to rent, and I was scared. I was nervous. I was wondering, are we going to really be able to afford this? And so Tiffany was in school, and I asked her because she could qualify for a loan, but we didn't really need the loan for her schooling. But I told her, take out that loan. We're going to take out that loan. And we took out a student loan just in case I needed to pay the rent. Somebody said, you was confused. I know, I was confused. And some of you are confused like that as well. You find yourself doing things that get yourself, to get yourself trapped and and in bondage. Matter of fact, my heart was really gripped. It was in January during our 14 days of prayer and fasting. And then we had stacks and stacks and stacks of cards. And I was reading through the cards, praying for people in the early in the mornings and the afternoons, just praying through all the cards. And I was amazed at how many people were just about trapped financially. I said, I'm going through a storm. It's not good. I'm struggling. And my heart was gripped. I began to say, Lord, minister to our people. Set people free. And you know what I want to do today as your pastor? Because I don't want you to live bound. I want you to experience real freedom in Christ. I don't want you to be confused. I want you to experience freedom and not only get free, but live free. How many know that God can set you free and you can live free? Come on. Through Jesus Christ, you can live free. And I want to take you to a famous Bible story today in Luke chapter 5, verse 11 through 20. One of my favorite Bible stories. I, I preach from this portion of Scripture about once or twice a year, and here's why. Because that boy was me. I see me in that boy. And this is my story, and this is so near and dear to my heart. And I just want to get talk, talk to you about confusion. In five ways, people get confused and end up in bondage. Now, number one is this from this story. We're going to see how he got in bondage and how he got set free. Number one, People get confused about priorities. Confused about priorities. Check it out in Luke chapter 15 and verse number 11. It says, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Notice this. He got together all he had and set off for a distant country. This young man had his priorities all mixed up. He overestimated the importance of wealth. He thought because he had a little money in his pocket that he didn't need his father anymore. And the Bible says this, he got together all he had and he set off for a distant country. In other words, he left his father. He left his father's house. He left his father's wisdom. He's left his father's covering. He left his father's protection. He left his father's presence. And friends, financial bondage usually begins because people get their priorities out of order. They, they, they never put God first in their life. Or there are some people who put God first in their life, but then they stop putting God first in their life, and they forsake God for money and possessions. They leave 
God. They leave his house. They, they leave his wisdom. They leave his covering. They, they leave his presence to do things their own way. And church, church, catch this. Wrong priorities will always lead to wrong decisions. If you're making wrong decisions in your life, here's why. Here's why. You've got wrong priorities. And wrong priorities will always cause you to make wrong decisions. I want you to see a second thing about confusion, confusion, confusion. Number two is this. Confused about instant gratification. Instant gratification. Check this out in Luke 15 and verse 13. It says the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered or wasted his wealth. Because this young man had wrong priorities, it led him to make wrong decisions. And the Bible says he squandered. He wasted his money. And wasteful spending begins with the wrong priorities. When God's not first, when you don't seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, here's what happens. You begin to squander. You, you begin to waste. And you know what happens in life? So many people are like this young man. They want instant gratification. They want it now. They seek the thrill now. They want the pleasure now. They want to upgrade now. And life becomes all about instant gratification. When your priorities get off track, it'll lead you to wrong decisions, and it'll lead you to instant gratification. I'm only thinking about right now, today, what's the, what am I going to get now? There's a third thing about confusion I want you to see. Confusion, confusion. Confused about wild living. About wild living. It says, Back in the text, he set off for a distant country. He had the wrong priorities, and he left the father. And there he squandered. He, he, he was into instant gratification, confused about it. His wealth in wild living because this young man had wrong priorities. Because God wasn't first in his life, the Bible says he began to live a wild life. He began to party. He began to chase the girls. Began to get high. Hangovers, late nights, partying, partying hard. And the Bible says that this young man lived it up and lost it all. You see, friends, wild living will always lead to trouble. But the interesting thing about wild living is the Bible says sin is pleasing for a season. There's a season. It's fun, the high, the, the thrill, the excitement. But listen, it always leads to trouble. It'll lead to trouble in friendships or trouble in the marriage or trouble in, in, in the relationship or trouble at the job or, or, or trouble with your parents or even financial trouble. Listen, listen, wild living leads to trouble. And notice this young man, the Bible lets us know a fourth thing, and that is this. He was confused about habits, confused about habits. And Luke 15 and verse 14 says this, after he had spent everything. This young man spent everything. Wrong priorities led him to financial hardship. And this young man, you know what happened to him? He developed some bad habits. And the Bible says he spent everything. And I think about this young man. I think he probably didn't do it intentionally. You know how it is. You just got wrong priorities, instant gratification, and now while living. He never dreamed that one day he would spend it all. Oh. But he had bad habits. And friends, whenever people are spending everything they earn, whenever people are charging up their credit cards and have no idea how they're going 
to pay it off. I've been there. Whenever people find themselves upside down with their car, whenever people have more bills than money left at the end of the month and they're flipping, moving their bills all around, figuring out how they're going to pay them and put this one off till next month or two months later, I don't think it'll get cut off. Whenever that begins to happen, can I tell you what oftentimes leads us there? It's bad habits. And bad habits come from wrong priorities and bad habits will lead to severe, severe problems. There's a fifth thing that I want you to see. I want you to see where this led this young man. He was confused about the storms of life, confused about the storms of life. Check this out in Luke 15 and verse number 14. It says, after he had spent everything, bad habits, bad habits, there was a severe famine in the whole country. That's important, the whole country. And he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. He was so hungry that he was in a pig pen working and wanted to eat the pig pen. Because this young man had wrong priorities, it led him to, 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 to having instant gratification, which, which led him to squandering, which led him to wild living, which led him to bad habits. And this young man was not prepared for a storm. You know the interesting thing the scripture says? It says that a famine came. And you know what this young man thinks? He thinks he's the only one going through the famine. That's what happens when we go through trouble. I'm the only one. Nobody else is going through this storm. But the Bible says that the famine hit the whole country. The whole country was hit by the famine. And the problem with this young man, because of his bad habits, and he squandered and wasted, and what wrong priorities, he was not prepared for the storm. The storm hit everybody, but he wasn't prepared. And friends, can I tell you that we all go through storms. Storms hit all of us. And the question is not, Will you go through a storm? The question is, will you be prepared for the storm? Storms will come. Maybe the storm of sickness. It may be the storm of losing your job. It may be the storm of losing your health insurance. It may be the storm of a car breaking down. It may be the storm of a house repair. It may be the storm of an appliance breaking down. It may be the storm of the stock market crashes and you lose some of your retirement or all of your retirement. Storms come, but when we have bad habits and, and, and we're squandering and we have wrong priorities, we're not ready for the storm and we feel like we're the only one going through the storm. And this young man, the Bible says, he's in the pig pen. He's hungry. He wants something to eat. He's broke, busted, and disgusted. He's in bondage. But there's good news. He gets free. And I want to spend the remaining balance of my time talking to you about four keys to breaking free. Four keys to breaking free from financial confusion, from financial bondage. I believe there are people that are going to be set free in this house today at Midwest City. Joining us online today is going to be a turning point for somebody in the house. So how do you break free, Pastor? How do you break free? Number one is this. Acknowledge where you are. Acknowledge where you are. Check this out in the story, Luke chapter 15 and verse 17. He says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I could preach on those first six words. I could do a whole series on 
when he came to his senses. How many know sin will make you lose your mind? Up in here, up in here. Come on. How many know sin will make you do crazy things that don't make any sense to anybody else? Have you noticed that? When people have wrong priorities and they get into sin, you, you look at some of your friends, some of your neighbors, some of your coworkers, some of your students at school, and you think, why are you doing that? That's not going to work out. But they think it is because sin will mess you up. And the Bible says he comes to his senses. He finally woke up and realized, I've got the wrong priorities, and they've got me in a world of trouble. And I love this. When this young man came to his senses, he didn't put up a front. He didn't try to play games and make it look better than what it was. He didn't say, well, I'm in a pig pen, but it's not that bad. No. He was honest about where he was. He said, I'm in a pig pen, starving to death. And in my father's house, there's food to spare. I'm hungry. I'm tired. I messed up. I've had some bad habits. I've left my father's house. And I'm in a mess. And he was honest about where he was. And can I encourage you, church man? There is hope today. But can I tell you, the starting point is you got to just be honest about where you are. And it's so easy to point the finger at somebody else. And it's easy to blame somebody else. And it's easy to say, you don't understand what happened to me. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Just, just be honest about where you are. And just between you and God, say, God, I'm in a pig pit right now. And I'm upside down financially. And I, I got so much debt, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. And God, you know I can't afford that house payment. I can't afford that car payment. But God, I'm, I'm struggling. God, I don't have any peace. Um, Lord, I, I, I'm in a pit. And just be honest about what, no, no, no games, no, 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 no fronting. Just be honest about where you are because you have a heavenly father who cares about you. Even if you find yourself in bondage in a pig pen. And this young man was honest about where he was. I want you to see a, a, a second key to breaking free. I want, I want you to be free. I want you to live free. A second key to breaking free is develop a biblical plan. Develop a biblical plan. I want you to see this young man's plan in Luke 15 and verse 18. He says, I will set out. Check out his plan. He's in the pig pen, but he says, I will set out. And then notice his second part of his plan. And go, and go back to my father and say to him, I love this. He's going back to his father. He's going back to his father's house. He's going back to safety. He's going back to where there's provision. He's going back to where there's covering. That's the part of the plan. I'm going back to my father. And he said this. I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned against, against heaven and against you. He said, I'm going back to my father with humility. I'm not going back with excuses. I'm not going back blaming my friends. I'm not going back blaming that girl. I'm just going to say, Father, I've sinned. I've had wrong priorities. I've had some bad habits. And I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. He said, I'm just going with humility. In verse 19, he says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me. You know, I love reading the Bible. You can read the same portion of Scripture a hundred times and get something new out of it every time you read it. And man, this week it just jumped out at me. He said, make me like one of your hired men. He says, Father, make me. I'm going to my father and say, you make me. I've tried to make myself. 
I've tried to do it myself. I've tried to run my own life. I've tried to have my own priorities. I've tried to do it my way, and it got me in a pig pen. Father, I'm coming to you. I'm submitting. I'm surrendering to you, and I'm saying, Father, you make me. You take control. You guide me. This young man was serious about getting out of his bondage, and he developed a plan And his plan was all about what his father wanted from him. And when people get serious, they're in a pig pen and they're serious about getting out. Friends, can I tell you what happens is we go to the father and we develop a biblical plan. Not our plan anymore, but a biblical plan. And people's church, you can either live by daily pressures or you can live by divine principles. You can live by daily pressures. Or you can live by divine principles. Let me give you a biblical plan. I don't have time today to talk about 10 steps. I've just narrowed it and and encompassed it into three three major categories. A biblical plan that will set you free. Give, save, live. Give, save, live. Live. Say this with me. Give, save, live. Come on, everybody, one more time. Give, save, live. It's a biblical plan. Listen, it'll set you free. It'll cause you to live free. Let's look at it very quickly together. First of all, give, give, give. Put God first in your finances. Invite God to be a part of your finances. Give to God first. No longer put God on the back burger. No no longer run it yourself. Put God first. The Bible says in Proverbs 3 and verse number 9, honor the Lord. Can I tell you, it's always about the Lord. I, I think we get so caught up in a preacher or a church or a denomination. Can I tell you, it's about the Lord. It's about saying, God, I want to honor you. I want you to have first place in my life. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, with the first fruits. I love it because you know what it's all about? It's about priorities. It's about putting God first. It's about giving to God first. We, we return the tithe, 10% of our income back to God first. We say, God, you're going to be first. With, with, with how much of it, Pastor? With all your crops. In God, invite God into your financial life. You can either live by daily pressure or you can live by divine principles. Get God's divinity involved in your humanity. Honor the Lord. And here's what happens, verse 10. Then... When you put God first, when you honor the Lord, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. In other words, God's going to get involved in your situation. You don't have to do it all by yourself. Malachi talks about this, Malachi 3 and verse 10. Bring all the tithes, that's just 10%, the first 10% of our income, into the storehouse. That would be the local church where you worship. If people's church is your church home, this is the storehouse for you. If you have another church home, that would be the storehouse for you. And I know when I say that, what some of you think, Pastor, you're just saying this to get our money. And if you believe that, don't give it. Find another church and give it there. I'm really trying to get you free. I really want you to experience God's divine blessings. And it takes place by operating God's divine principles. And if you work God's divine principles, you will experience God's divine blessings. There is a God in heaven who wants to cover you and protect you and bless you and provide for you if you will put him first. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be food in my 
temple. If you operate the divine principle, he says, I'll bring about my divine blessing. And notice this. If you do, says the Lord of heaven, armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have room enough to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Put God first. Put God first. Honor God. Put God first. Watch what he does. Watch what he does. It's all about priority. You say, Pastor, I can't do that. It's about priority. It's about priority. Second of all, save. Give, save. Give, save. You have to do all three. Give, save, live. You got to save. The Bible says, Proverbs 21, verse 20, the wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. The wise man saves for the future, but the foolish man spends whatever he gets. You know, from time to time, I like a little audience participation. So would you turn to your neighbor and be sure to smile and just ask him this, are you a fool? <laughs> smile at him now, smile. Are you, yeah. Are you, now, now wait for him to answer back. Wait for him to answer back, huh? Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah, I am. I spend everything I get. I'm a fool. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says it's foolish to spend whatever you get. It's foolish. And here's what happens to Christians. If you're not a follower of Christ, I'm so glad you're here. I'm hoping and believing that, man, you'll cross the line of faith and serve the Lord and make him first in your life. But you know what Christians do? Christians spend everything they get, and then they blame God for their foolishness. <laughs> happens all the time. They spend everything they get. Their income goes up, their expenses go up. God hadn't blessed me. Pastor, Pastor, I tried to tithe and things. I tried to put God first. I don't like it. Ain't nobody got time for that. I'm not putting God first. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I tried. It didn't work for me. And you know what? It did work. God is true to his word. He did bless you. He did provide for you. You still ate. He did. But you know what happens? God blesses us and our standard of living goes up. And then it's called foolishness. And then we blame God. We spend everything we get and blame the Lord. Well, God, you didn't bless me. And God said, I did bless you. Well, I don't see it. God said, you ate it last night at the steakhouse. <laughs> I blessed you. And you're driving it. I blessed you. And you're wearing it. I blessed you. And you're sitting on it in your living room. I blessed you. And you're watching it. It's 60 inches and a flat screen. I blessed you. And you got it in your hair. I blessed you. I blessed you. And you spent it all. You spent all of it, and then you turn to me. I better move on. <laughs> give. Listen, you can't tithe and not give. It's, I mean, save. You got you to give, and then you got to save. It's a biblical principle. A saving plan, a saving plan. You got to have a storm fund. Financial advisors, financial experts call it an emergency fund. I call it a storm fund. Storms happen. Work to get $1,000 set aside for a storm. Storms will happen. It's not if, it's when. Get a storm fund. Then, then get, a, get a savings fund. In this savings fund, get 30 to 60 days of living expenses set aside. Storms happen. Storms happen. Discipline yourself to do it. Storms happen. Get, get, get some savings. Three to six months set aside. Retirement. Think about retirement. Think about as you get older and the Lord blesses you with a lot of years, think about what are you going to do in your older years? So you you, you got to think. The Bible says a foolish man spends whatever he gets, but the wise man saves for 
the future. Save, give, save, and then live. Give, save, then live. Most people live first, but no, you live last. Give, save, then live. And before you start spending this week, would you evaluate your living? Would you really ask yourself honestly, where are you spending your money? Would you ask yourself, do you need to cut back your expenses so that you can give first, save second, live third? And before you spend money on yourself, realize you need to, you have some obligations. First, you got to pay your taxes. The Bible says, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. Somebody say, amen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, amen. Pay your bills. Some of them you can cut out. Some of you got to pay. You, you, owe, you owe money, but you don't have to keep that same cell phone with that $300 plan. You don't have to keep that. You don't have to keep that cable plan. You don't have to keep that. Those are luxuries. Pay your bills. Cut your expenses. Attack debt. Attack debt. Attack debt. Especially your consumer debt. That's what happened to Tiffany and I. We were in all this debt, and one day, you know what happened to me, the prodigal son? I came to my senses. And I'm like, this is crazy. The furniture I'm sitting on is on credit, getting all kind of interest on it every month. Got a student loan, and I already had student loans before we got married, then got another one just so we could make sure we could make the lease payment, and the honeymoon, still paying for it on the credit card. And we began to attack the debt, cut our expenses way, way down, and attack the debt, attack the debt, attack the debt, attack the debt. And friends, when you attack your debt, pay your bills, pay your taxes, cut your expenses, then enjoy the rest. But most people enjoy first, and that will always lead you to trouble. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17 says, it's okay to enjoy. God blesses us to enjoy, but first you give, save, live. Number three is this. Number three is this. I want to break free from, from financial bondage and confusion. Start now. Point three, start now. Luke 15 verse 20 says this. So he got up and went to his father. He went. He didn't wait. He didn't put it off. He didn't talk about it. He went to his father. Church, can I encourage you with something today? Don't put it off another day. Start today. Get your priorities right today. Put God first today. Start saving today, and God will help you. Start today. Don't put it off. And I want to encourage you. Our church family wants to help you. This Wednesday, this Wednesday night at both locations, we're going to have a Live free financial seminar where we're going to talk about how to get out of debt, how to save, how to cut expenses, how to get God involved in your finances, how to save for the future. We're going to talk about these principles. Get here Wednesday night. Listen, absolutely free, absolutely free at both locations. We will, it's my heart's desire that you would be free and live free, and we're going to talk to you this Wednesday night. Be here. Child care is provided. There's youth ministry going on, and we want to help you walk in freedom and experience financial peace and blessing in this area of your life. The Bible says in Proverbs 14 and verse 23, all hard work. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It's work. 20% of it's head knowledge. 80% of it's just hard work. It's discipline. All hard work brings a profit. When Tiffany and I were working and getting out of debt and not buying anything and not buying clothes and not going out to eat, we were attacking. When we went to the movie, it was the dollar movie. We were attacking and attacking. But can I tell you, all hard work brings a profit. And now at the age of 25 or so, we were debt-free. And when God called us to come to Oklahoma City, we didn't have any debt. And we were able to buy all the equipment to start a church and win a year or two without a salary to underwrite people's church. And lives have been changed. But it Give, save, live. Give, save, 
Look, all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Well, I'm, I'm going to think about it. Well, I'm not sure if I'm ready. Mere talk leads only to poverty. Number four is this, the last point I want to sow into your heart today is go to your heavenly father for help. Go to your heavenly father for help. Notice in Luke chapter 15 and verse 20, so he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Our worship player, our piano player, you can start playing. I'm getting ready to wrap it up right now. I just want to minister this to your heart. Hear me today. He's in a pig pen. He's in bondage, this young man. He's broke, busted, and disgusted. He's literally spent everything. He's hungry. Doesn't know where his next meal is coming from. He's lost it all. Everything his father gave him, he lost. And this young man started back home. And the Bible says this. When the father saw him a long way off, even though he lost it all, he disobeyed his father, he left his presence and covering, the Bible says the father took off and sprinted to this young man. When he got there, he hugged him and kissed him. He said, I'm going to set you free today. You don't have shoes to wear. He put sandals on his feet. He put a ring on his finger. You're hungry, aren't you? You hadn't eaten, I can tell, boy. He said, kill the fattened calf. We're throwing a party. He was lost and now he's found. He was living by all the wrong priorities, but now he's back in the house. And friends, I want you to know, you may be in bondage. You may be upside down. You may be hurting. You may be in so much debt you don't know what to do. Can I encourage you? Would you take a step to God? Would you start going back to your Heavenly Father? Your priorities may be all out of order. Would you start walking to your Heavenly Father? And can I tell you what He's going to do? Your Heavenly Father loves you. He has compassion for you. He's not a condemning God. He's going to run to you today. If you'll take a step towards Him, if you'll say, God, I'm putting you first. God, I'm going to honor you. He'll wrap His arms around you. He'll set you free. He'll begin to provide for you. He'll meet your needs. God will take care of you. He'll come with His love and His grace and His mercy and His power. God has a track record of taking people that are bound and setting them free and sir ma'am he's not a respecter of person he'll do it for you today would you start taking steps toward God would you put him first and watch what God does in your life